So praise God. Hey, good to see all your beautiful faces. It's wonderful being, to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. It's wonderful to be here today. Um, I'm excited uh, to bring the message today. Uh, I'm going to kind of touch on a couple of things maybe that have been touched on um, in a few of the weeks prior. Um, I know uh, Lori touched on some things, and my husband touched on some things. And so God told me to, to talk about today is unity and the Great Commission. Amen. And, you know, uh, last week Jim talked about the vision, and it was our anniversary, 30th anniversary. And um, so I feel like today God really wanted me to hit on a, another angle. How many of you know, like, I mean, you look in your Bible, and it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the four Gospels, right? And, you know, Matthew's from one perspective, right? Mark's from another. Luke's the doctor. He's got another perspective, right? So this is going to be Kelly Tuttle's perspective <laughs> of the vision. And um, how many know it's, I, I feel like I can never hear it enough because it just, it just, it just stirs me because, you know, God gave it. It wasn't something that, that was man-breathed, but it was God-breathed. So let's just pray. Amen? Let's just invite Holy Spirit to come. So Holy Spirit, we just thank you for coming today. We thank you for your presence in this place. Um, Lord, we just thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for coming and, and touching bodies' lives and using the children today in a powerful way as they prayed for people, God. And thank you for the testimonies of Michelle and, and Lord, and what you're doing here. And Lord, we thank you for the online audience, God, and how you're even touching through the waves whatever they call it. I don't know if it's sound waves. I have no idea. I'm not a tech person, but God, you know what I'm talking about through those lines. <laughs> and you're touching people. And Lord, we are forever grateful and we are thankful. And so Lord, speak this morning. Lord, let our hearts be receptive to what you want to say to us. And we just give you praise in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I want to just quickly um, give a testimony of someone. It probably will be given in a more clear way, but since I talked about online audience, um, some of you may have noticed a young girl who usually comes and sits up with me. Her name is Ella, and she, you know, she's been chronically ill since she was a little girl. She's been in the hospital, I think it was like eight over 800 times, and she's like 23 years old. And um, so she, she has this um, ministry where she just reaches out to other people who are ill. Like, I'm, I'm amazed by that. Like, I, I think if I was in the hospital that many times, I'd wallow in my stuff, right? <laughs> How many would feel like that too? Like, oh. But no, she just goes out of her way. And she met a friend um, all the way in Scotland. And this girl was named Jilly. And last week, she, while, um, um, while Ella was here, she had her on FaceTime, and she experienced the service. And um, God really touched uh, Jilly. Um, she, was, she was in a really bad place um, on Easter Sunday. Her mom tragically passed away on an Easter Sunday. And so you can imagine how that was a hard day for her. And she is chronically ill herself. She's in a wheelchair. She's homebound. She's this young girl. She has tubes all in her. And 
I mean, you name it, she has a lot of um, health issues. And so she was really feeling down and really thinking about, okay, this is going to be my last day. And I'm probably messing up her story, but I'm going to share it Kelly Tuttle, Kelly Tuttle style, Jilly, okay, <laughs> if you're watching. And so she was in this place, and um, her friend, um, Ella, kept calling her and calling her, and she was not responding. She's like, I don't want to respond. And for some reason, she looked at her phone after she called, and the Faith Chapel um, notification came up and said, you know, um, that Faith Chapel was live right now. And she said, I did not set my phone to do that. I don't know how that happened. And so she decided to open it up and watch. And my husband, um, if you were here, he preached on um, a a reset, um, you know, in your life about having a a reset, like a restart, a reboot. And um, she watched it that day and decided to have a reset in her life. And she gave her life to the Lord all the way in Scotland. And so God is just doing some amazing things. Amen. Isn't it amazing that there's more with us than are actually in this room, part of our family. And I'm just amazed by it. And so, you know, God has given, um, God really birthed in our hearts about, you know, you know, when Jim became, Jim and I became the lead pastors in, um, 10 years ago, uh, in 2010, um, or was it nine years ago? Nine years ago, huh? 2009, when we did, sorry. So it is 10 years. Um, he really birthed in our heart about um, raising up biblical disciples um, and also ministering to those um, who are poor and needy, poor in spirit, those who need a touch from God. Um, and so God really stirred that in our heart. And um, so my husband really talked about that. But I really feel like um, there's something powerful when we all understand what we're all called to do. Isn't there? And, and you may be in here, and you may not be from Faith Chapel. Maybe you're, you know, like Sarah's beautiful family's here, and some are from London and different places. And so, you know, take the meat and spit out the bones, because God can speak some things, you know, to you, even though um, you may not live in this area. And the same for those um, who, you know, are not from this area as well, and maybe from watching online, that there's something powerful when everyone is on the same page, isn't there? There's something powerful. How many of you, um, this is before a lot of you were born, um, there was, an, you know, who watches the Olympics in here? <laughs> okay, so there's a good amount of you. Um, in 1980, see, I told you this is before a lot of you were born. 1980, there was this crazy thing that happened in the Olympics. There was the, the ho- USA hockey team. How many remember that? So there is the USA hockey team, and this team really, um, they, they, they weren't like, they didn't have it all together. They weren't the best, best athletes, and, you know, they weren't the A team. How many you know what I mean? Like, they weren't like, okay, I'm going to pick this best, you know, guy, this best guy. No. Um, they were all in unity. They had a good coach that kept them on track, and they had each other's back. They played well together. Like, they knew one another. 
and they, you know, they would know each other's plays, you know, they'd give the look and, and, and they would know what to do and they were unified. They had each other's back. They were for each other. They weren't against each other, right? And so it came to a point where they were playing the Soviet Union, which was like the best team in the world at that time. And so the Soviet Union had the A team. They had the amazing athletes on that hockey team. And so it came to the point where the U.S. kept winning and winning and winning. And then they got to the, 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 the um, round with the Soviet Union. And I'm probably messing this up. There's probably people who are more into sports than me who could tell this way better. So I appreciate your grace. <laughs> Long story made short, USA won. And they beat the giant. And they call it Miracle on the Ice. Because, you know, it was like an impossible thing that happened. And it happened through unified team. And what would happen if the body of Christ became unified? What could be accomplished in this world? Amen? If we were all on the same team, if we had each other's back, if we decided we weren't going to tear one another down or nitpick, but we were going to hold each other up, amen? And we were going to stand with one another and we were going to look at each other's gift and encourage them in their gift and say, you go for it, right? What would happen if everyone, you know, was valued in the body of Christ and everyone had the same mind? You know, Sean's here and he's from the Coast Guard and it's so good to see you, Sean. You look amazing. Wow, I'm so excited for what God's going to do in your life, man, and what he's already doing. And I I was looking, um, I was thinking about the military, you know, the U.S. military. And there's a mission there. There's an overall mission for the military. But then each branch has a different mission that they're called to do, right? And then I was talking to my husband who was in the Air Force. And I asked him about the mission of the military. And he said, actually, my squadron had their own mission. So then it went down that each squadron had their own mission. And, I, and it began to make me think, like, it's kind of like the body of Christ, right? There's an overall mission, which we'll read in Scripture in a minute. But then each individual, um, like, different branches, right? Different churches, different places all have a mission that's God-given and God-breathed. Amen? And what would happen if the body of believers got in line with the mission of that place that they were called to be at? Whoa! Wouldn't that be amazing? Like, what would happen? The gates of hell would not prevail against it. Come on. There would be so many people um, that would become alive, that would come alive in God, in our world. It would be amazing. And, you know, when you, when you, uh, when you, when you get under the mission of a house or of an organization, or something. It's like your mission dies to fulfill that mission that's for the house. Like in the military, they beat you down, right, Sean? They beat you down. We're not going to do that. (laughs) The body of Christ doesn't do that. But they beat you down to get, you know, it's like not your mission no more because you're out there to fulfill a greater good mission. And what, what more for the, for the um, you know, the kingdom of God, amen, for the kingdom of God. And so I wanted to start off with um, the Matthew 28, uh, starting in verse 16, verses 20. Now, this is Jesus before he goes up to heaven. How many know the last words 
from someone before they pass on or before they, they leave are, is very powerful, you know? And this is Jesus' last words in Matthew. And this is in the NIV version, and it says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So he said, go, didn't he? He didn't tell the disciples to sit around. He said, go. Come on. He said, go. He said, the power, my power, use my power, right? He said, you know, everything, uh, where is it? Everything I have commanded you to do. Go and obey everything that I've commanded you to do. Um, go and make disciples of all nations. Okay, baptizing them in the, spot, in the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you. That's what I wanted to get. Even to the very the age. So we are not doing it alone. Come on. Like when we follow the Great Commission, it's not us doing it in our own strength. Because when we try to do it in our own strength, we will get annoyed. We will start looking around and saying the flaw of this person and the flaw of that person. But when you're connected with God and and you want what he wants, you have like this surrender to God, surrendered life. Oh my goodness, it's so powerful. And then let's look at what Mark says. And I like this um, in the Passion Translation. Um, It says, and he said to them, this is Jesus before, you know, his last words. And he said to them, as you go into the world, preach openly the wonderful good news of the gospel to the entire human race. Come on. Whoever believes the good news and is baptized will be saved. And whoever does not believe the good news will be condemned. And these miracle signs will accompany those who believe. Did it just say the apostles? No, it said those who believe. They will drive out demons in the power of my name. Jesus is saying that. They will speak in tongues. They will be supernaturally protected from snakes and from drinking anything poisonous. That means there's no fear. They can go out and they don't have to be afraid of a thing. They will lay hands on the sick and heal them. After saying these things, Jesus was lifted up into heaven and sat down at the place of honor at the right hand of God. And the apostles went out announcing the good news everywhere. And the Lord himself consistently worked with them. Come on, that's the power right there. Validating the message they preached with miracle signs that accompanied them. Amen? And I want to tell you here, like God has called us, you know, our, our mission, you know, how they usually have taglines is to raise up disciples to impact their world. That means your world looks different than my world. Amen. The children's world looks different than our world, right? We're all valuable in the kingdom of God. And we're called as pastors not to do all the work. It's not like, I remember when I was a child, the pastor did all the work, and the pastor was tired. Our job is not to do all the work. Our job is to equip you to know how to be a minister of the gospel so that you can go out and impact your world. Because there are people in this world that need a touch from God. There are people in this world that need an encounter with God, and God has put you in the very sphere of influence that you are in for a reason. 
because he wants to see those people come to know him. They were created for a relationship with God. And he's put you there. And our job is to equip you. Amen? It's to equip you. And, and so, you know, um, I'm going to keep reading. <laughs> I'm going to keep going here. You know, God wants us to be on the same page. Okay, I work, you know, I work at 10 hours here for the church. And then I work a second job with people with special needs. And um, we go on Wednesdays. And we, uh, um, the, the young girl who I work with, she loves to go to different clubs. We go to science club and all these things. And she gets to interact with her friends. And um, it's super fun. And she goes to this UNO club, right? And so we go to this UNO club. And I bring UNO Attack. How many have played UNO Attack? Okay, you got to play Uno Attack. It's super fun. So what it is, instead of the cards just being on the table, it's in this little machine. And when it's time for you to pick, you push the button. And you could either get no cards or you could get a bunch of cards or a couple cards. So it's kind of like a risk game. Well, I lost the instructions to my Uno Attack. All right? I got lots of people in my house, and everyone goes in the game game uh, little cubby there and and sometimes things get lost, right? So I bring this, and I don't really know how to play. And so we're playing, and we're, you know, we're having fun. There's some weird cards there with arrows, and I'm like, I've never seen that card before. So we just ignore it. <laughs> we just keep playing, but ignore that one. Like, okay, we'll just put that underneath when we come to that, you know? Like, we didn't know what to do, but we still wanted to have fun playing Uno. And, the, and everyone loved when the card shot out. Everyone laughed, and it was just so much fun. Well, then there's this amazing woman who's part of the UNO club, and she comes, and she's like, oh, she explains the whole game to us. She told us that that little card that has the arrows is a really cool card. So that little card with the arrows means that you can switch hands with anyone you want in the game. And that was fun. So I'm like, ooh, how many cards you got over there? Two? I got ten. Let's switch here, you know? And it made the game alive. It's like all of a sudden, the light bulb came on and we knew how to play. Amen? Well, that's how it is for the vision. Amen? It's like everyone understands the instructions and you're ready to play and have fun. And that's what God's called us to do. He's called us to do that. And there's, there's this thing in the back of your seat there. And we have our vision on there. And then we have some values there. And so I'm going to talk, talk to you about them throughout this, um, you know, this time that we're together this morning. But you know, when you're on the same page, like the hockey team, amazing things get done, right? When we're on a mission to what God has called us to do, amazing things can be done. I'm going to read to you Philippians chapter two, verses one through five. And just to let you know, there's notes on our app. You, all of the scriptures are in there, and all of the notes are in there for you so that you can go back and um, check it out. So um, let's see here. And this is in the Passion Translation. And it says, look at how much encouragement you found in your relationship with the Anointed One. That's so good, huh? You are filled to overflowing with his comforting love. You have experienced a deepening friendship with the Holy Spirit and have left, felt his tender affection and mercy. So I'm asking you, my friends, that you be joined together in perfect unity. 
with one heart, one passion, and united in one love. Walk together with one harmonious purpose, and you will fill my heart with unbounded joy. Come on, I want to bring God joy, amen? Be free from pride-filled opinions, for they only will harm your cherished unity. Do not, don't allow self-promotion to hide in your heart. You know, that's a little sugar stick that the enemy would want to do. He'd want to have us self-promote, like, um, but in authentic humility, put others first and view others as more important than yourselves. Abandon every display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interest. And consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, had set before us. Let his mindset become our motivation. Amen. And if we think about Jesus, like Jesus left everything. He left heaven. He was sitting at the right hand of God. He left heaven to come down. Amen? To do what God told them to do, to fulfill the mission that God ordained from the, from the beginning of time for us to have a relationship with God. And he came down and he destroyed the devil's works and he even died on a cross, right? I mean, he, he was the most selfless person. Like, he left everything to do that, to see God's mission be fulfilled. And then Jesus says, tag, you're it, right? Tag, you're it. And so, anyways, so, um, you know, a lot of times, how many have heard of, you know, you, you know, Israel, right? The country Israel. Well, in Israel, there's a couple of different bodies of water. There's one that's the Jordan River. And that's where Jesus was actually baptized, you know, John the Baptist, bap- John the Baptist baptized Jesus in the Jordan River, among other people, and the disciples baptized people, and all these things. It was amazing. And then there's another body of water there that's called the Dead Sea, right? And so the Dead Sea is, um, is, it has lots of salt in it. How many of you know about the Dead Sea? So people go to Israel and they visit the Dead Sea because it's amazing for your skin. There's healing properties in it. And people get, you know, all kinds of medicines from it. And, and it's, like, amazing uh, for you. You know, it's salt. And so people go there. And what happens when they get in the water is they float on top. And they enjoy themselves, right? And they're in there. But in the Dead Sea, nothing grows. Nothing's alive. It's all dead. And so sometimes, you know, it could be, um, it could be, I was thinking about this, it could be definitely um, very uh, tempting for us as bodies to want to float in the Dead Sea in our Christian walk, right? To want to just go to church and, you know, come every Sunday and get what we need and go and just float around and receive the healing properties, right? But God, but there's no way out. And you're not reaching anyone. You're just floating, right? You're just enjoying yourself. You're floating. And you're not wondering about all the other stuff happening. But there's a river. There's a river. There's a Jordan River that has life that has life. And so us as believers, we're not called to be like the Dead Sea, to float in the Dead Sea. There's a whole world out there that needs an encounter with God. Amen? And so we are um, in Ephesians. 
Listen to this. Um, it says here, well, actually, no, it's actually Matthew. Matthew uh, chapter 5, verses 13 is the scripture I wanted for that. And it talks about being um, the salt of the earth. Come on. And it says, you are the salt of the earth. And this is in the Passion, and I don't have it on here. So is it okay if I read it like this, guys? Okay. Your lives are like salt among the people. Come on, right? But if you, like salt, become bland, how can your saltiness be restored? Flavorless salt is good for nothing and will be thrown out and trampled on by others. Your lives light up the world. Let others see your light from a distance. For how can you hide a city that stands on a hilltop? Come on. And you know what? When we, um, we begin to hide our light and, and not let our light shine or not let our salt, you know, uh, flavor the world, you know, um, we begin to uh, kind of get... Um, I don't know what to say. Kind of ugly, stale. So that means we don't taste good, right? We complain. How many know that? <laughs> you can complain when you don't have the salt, when you don't have the fire of God. That means every little thing annoys you, right? And you lose your salt because you're just kind of hanging out in church. You're going every week. And believe me, going to church is good. But going to church to just sit and not do what God's called the house to do, you're going to be frustrated. And you're not going to see everything that God has called you to see. Amen? Like there is more. Amen? And I, I love it, um, Sarah, when she was, you know, she's been here, wow, she said nine years, you know, in and out. And, you know, we've had this thing where we have established here um, to make disciples. It's called a growth track. And um, in this growth track, we believe um, that God has called us to raise biblical disciples. And our uh, prototype is the guy named Ananias. How many remember Ananias? He's in the uh, chap- uh, eight, chapter 9 in the book of Acts. And Ananias, in uh, the King James Version, it says, a certain disciple... So Ananias was a regular old guy like you and I, right? A certain disciple. Well, Ananias, God spoke to Ananias, and he, um, he said, there's this guy, Saul, okay? Now, I don't know if you guys know about Saul. Saul was this guy killing and persecuting. He was persecuting the church and killing Christians, and everyone knew it. They would flee you know, from this guy, Saul, like he was like a modern day terrorist back then. <laughs> he was a terrorist. And so God speaks to Ananias and he says, I want you to go to see this guy, Saul. You know, he has, you know, scales on his eyes. He's seen a great light. And so Ananias hears from God. He hears God's voice. And then he knows it's God and he responds and he does something tough. Like how many of us would be like, oh, you want us to go where? (laughs) But he had this relationship. He was a disciple of God. He had this relationship that it didn't matter how dangerous it was or how foolish it sounded. If God said it, I'm going to do it. 
And so he decided to go. And when he got there, he, he laid his hands on Saul and God healed Saul. His eyes opened up. Come on. He got filled with the spirit of God and he baptized him. This is a disciple. This is not a pastor. And he baptized him, and he was encouraged. And all of these things you read in Acts chapter 9, read about Ananias. And this is the mandate, what God has called us to raise up certain disciples who are powerful, who know how to hear God's voice, who know how to pray for the sick and see him recovered. And so, you know, and, and who know how to, when someone is oppressed and going with stuff, know how to minister to someone in an effective way to see them get free who has faith that moves mountains, who loves people, who says, I'm going to get in the knit and gritty, and I'm going to do my part. Amen? And a certain disciple. And so God is causing, calling us to raise disciples up to know who they are in God, to know their mission, to be people under authority who would go after the mission. Because you know what? There's people in this room who are better at things than Jim and I are. And you know what? We're not intimidated by that. And in fact, we say, stand on our shoulders and go higher. We want to see you go higher. We want to see you um, pray for more people than we've seen and get healed. We want to see your shadow walk by people and see God move. You know, we're not in it just for ourselves and to make ourselves look great. We're in it to raise you up as disciples of what you're called to be. I mean, we, you know, we're not here for boring Christianity, right? We're not called to have boring church. And when you know who you are, when you're raised up like a disciple like Ananias is, you will not have boring church. You will not be bored. And plus, you have a whole a company of people that you're close with. And so we do this, we do this um, eight, eight or nine, eight and a half months out of a year, and we just cycle people through. Um, and, and what happens is you start to hear the vision that God's put in our heart. You start to hear it, and you start getting the same heartbeat of what God has called this house to. And then you take your place, and you get raised up, and you're in a safe environment where you're loved, where you're encouraged, where, you're, where, where you feel like, wow, I have the strength where I'm going to take a risk, right? Where you can get free. We have, we have deliverance that happens. It's very low level where people get free. And in fact, um, one time during our growth track, we had someone go through and we were doing um, the, the deliverance that we usually do um, through a guy named Rodney Hogue. And he was, he was going through and, and we were all going through this together and they were um, praying to break off um, words. You know how words are powerful and they can bring life and death? And sometimes words can cause bad things to happen to people. You know? How many have ex- heard this? You know, someone calls someone stupid and they act stupid for the rest of their life because that word just penetrated their heart. Well, we want to help people to get free. And so we were going through this in our growth track because it gets raw. And it's good, right? And so we were in there. And anyways, he, he prayed this, um, these prayers. And, when he, and he was having marital issues. When he got home, his wife called him and got back together with him. So, I mean, powerful things happen. And so we all get together. And we've done this for a few different years. And why I brought up Sarah is because she was a busy girl. But she would come through all these years. And I think she got it all. 
you know, through coming because she was busy. She couldn't come every week, but she was persistent and hungry for God. Come on. How many know that's where it starts? where you get a hunger for God, where you're like, man, I am sick of just doing church, of floating in the Dead Sea, right? Like there's something I'm called to. I'm, I'm called to get behind what God is doing in this house to see his kingdom come. Amen? And so I'll, I'll tell you what, Sarah, yesterday at your, um, at your graduation uh, brunch, just listening to people, they had um, some of her friends give toasts you know, uh, to Sarah and what they were thankful about her. And just hearing testimony, people giving toast after toast just about how she encouraged them and how she, um, you know, like, like she would just say things in a way um, that, you know, I think someone might have said, someone else said it to me, I wouldn't be able to receive it. But because, you know, Sarah said it to me, well, you know, it's the anointing on her life. Amen. It's something that she went after. And I'll tell you, when you hear her, when you hear her pray, and she, she's a prophesying machine. Like, she moves in words of knowledge. She moves in words of wisdom. And they just fly out of her mouth. And that's what the people were hearing. They were hearing the spiritual gifts that came alive in her as she began to meet with people and hunger after God. And God began to download um, how to pray for the sick, right? And how to prophesy. And not only, she, she's, gonna, she's a world changer, Come on. She's a world changer. She's going to go to Philly, and she's going to be sitting in her um, office as people come for counseling. And, and God's going to give her a download and tell, the, tell her what exactly the problem this person is going to have, and they're going to get healed and, and, and free right away. You see, it's not just for in the church. It's for your world. It's for where you live. Like, we're not supposed to operate outside of the power of God. That's why it's hard right? But God wants us to be equipped so that we can go out into our world to see his kingdom come. Amen? In Ephesians, um, it says here in in chapter 4, and I think, man, here it is. Sorry, guys. So it says here, it's chapter 4, verses 11 through 13 in the NIV. It says, so Christ gave himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his body for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach the unity in the faith and in knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of God. Amen? And so we're here to equip you. And some of you in this room, like some of you are older than us. Some of you are older in the Lord than us. Amen? But I I just want to say, we didn't put ourselves in this position. (laughs) We didn't say, Dr. Lee, we want to be the next pastors. Like we didn't do that at all. God highlighted us. It wasn't like we went after that. And he put us in this position. And, And so like... We're not saying we know it all, because we really don't, but we love God, (laughs) and we hear from him, and we do what he says, and he's given us this vision and this mandate to see you guys walk in your destiny, and some of you in this place, you say, man, I know more than them. I know more of the Bible, you know? Um, It talks about in his word, um, in, in James uh, chapter 1, verse 22, it says, do, do not merely listen to the word and deceive yourselves. Do what it says. You know, there's so many Bibles in America. 
there's so many things, so much information, and there's so many people that know a lot about God, but are not walking, walking it out and seeing what Jesus lived. Amen? Jesus is our model. When Jesus went out into the world, the sick got healed, the blind saw, he gave prophetic words to the woman at the well, he read her mail, he loved people, he raised people from the dead, he brought people, multitudes came to to know God because of what Jesus did. Now, if we're Christians, you know what that means? Little Christ. That means we're to go out into all the world and do what Jesus did. He's our model. And I used to get so frustrated. I would believe it all, but I never had it operating in my life. But God has aligned us with different ministries and different people where we've had things awakened. And Jim and I have, God has done something in us that we feel that we have to, you know, the little things that he's done, we have something to impart to see you fulfill your calling in your life, to see you impact your world. I mean, we've seen it. We've seen the blind eyes open, and and it's not about any of that stuff, but what that does is it it points to God. Amen? And we've seen, we've been in, in places where we've ministered, and the whole place, to our acknowledgement, everyone in there got healed. And we've seen people be carried in on beds and leave out of beds. We've seen things, and we're called to not keep it to ourselves. We're called to empower you to see the same and even greater. And so you may say in here, man, I've been in, you know, I've been, I know the Lord way longer than, than they do. And, you know, all of those things. And you know what? You might be right. But if you're called to this house, I just want to say to you, come on, let's do this together. Amen. Let's do this together. Let's get in line with what God has called this house to do. Amen? Let's get in line. Find out what God's doing. And and so I want to encourage you guys. You know, we have different levels. We have our growth track, which starts in September. We have, um, for those who have our new believers, we have a thing called getting a grip on the basics, which Joan teaches. And there's many in this room who have gone through that. Raise your hand if you've gone through getting a grip. Look at all the hands. And so if you haven't done that, maybe one of these people in this room can lead, take you through it. And help you to do the first step because that's the foundation. That's about salvation and baptism and all of those things. But then the next step is at our house because Jim and I, we're relational. I mean, you guys probably know that. (laughs) We're relational. And so we open our home and we have people come in our home. And so the, the stage two is where we go through. That's where the deliverance that I shared testimony happens. That's where we go through forgiveness. We go through all of these elementary foundational things. We go, we go through all those things, how to take a risk, how to be filled with the spirit, all of these things. And then we go through to stage three and we teach you in practical ways how to move in the supernatural because we're not, we're, we're called to be naturally supernatural, right? If we have the, the, the creator of the universe living in inside of us, like that's pretty supernatural, and he wants to come out. Amen. He wants to be, he wants to just be manifested wherever you go. And we are called here to help you, to equip you, to step into your destiny and your calling. And so I, you know, I believe as a company, as a body, that you know, when we have one mind and one heart and we're doing this together, man, great things are gonna happen in this region. 
Great things are going to happen in our world. Amen? And, you know, missionaries, church planters are going to be raised up. And, and all of those amazing things. I also forgot to say, we also have a school of ministry here. Where maybe you're in here and you're saying, man, I just have this niche where I feel called to the ministry. And, you know, we're going to be starting our third year, third time doing it this fall. And we're getting better at it. <laughs> um, and so if you're feeling called, we have that available too. Where we could go after this together to see God move in your world. Amen. And if you're here and you're saying, man, I'm not from this area. Well, go after it for yourself. Find out where it's happening in your area and go after it. Amen. Find out. Don't be a person who sits in the Dead Sea. Give out what you have. Go out into all the world. Amen. And preach the good news with signs following. And amen. And, and I mean, you know, I, I, I say this um, example about in our stage three about, um, you know, we talk about hearing God's voice and everything and we activate people. So it's not just head knowledge. How many have been through things where you're just learning, but we push you to actually step out. <laughs> Sandy's shaking her head. So <laughs> we push you to step out to do that. And it's safe. So you're not like, oh, if I did a mistake, I'm going to feel so bad. No, we all make mistakes. We all miss it, right? But it's a safe environment to try, you know, to be able to see things happen. And um, anyways, so, oh, man, I lost my train of thought. And stage, oh, okay, I got it back. Okay, so, like, I am, like, the type of person, like, you know, show me how to do it, A, B, C, D, and then I'll do it, you know? Like, um, I, I grew up believing all of the gifts and all of those things, the power things. I, I would read revival books. I just had the stirring of seeing God move, you know, but I didn't know how to activate it in my own life. And so, you know, um, you know, we teach different things on how to practically pray for the sick. And what we do is we, you know, there's people who have, you know, had, had prayed for the sick for years and years and years. And what they did is they say, okay, well, how do I actually pray for the sick? What are some things I actually do so that I can equip others to see people get healed, right? And so this person wrote down steps on what he does. And it's, it's a model. It's not like we, you know, we're led by the Spirit. But we teach you practical ways on how to step out and to see, see the, you know, people get healed, and people get delivered, and all of those things, and, and so, you know, I, before, I would, you know, close my eyes, and pray for someone, and really hope, wish, maybe so, uh, I don't know, I hope so, I know it's in your word, and I'd close my eyes really, really tight, how many know what I'm saying, right, and I'd be like, Amen, you know, and I wouldn't do anything else. But we learned how to, how to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. And we teach people how to cooperate with the Holy Spirit to see him move through your very own hands. And so now I can look at someone. I can be normal, right, and pray for I don't have to be like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, you know, all these spiritual weird things. I can be normal. I can look you in the eye. I can love the person in front of you, in front of me. And I can watch God move. I, I, you know, I could be in the grocery store. I'm in, in Costco, you know, and there's this woman who's limping. And, and I go over and I just start talking to her. Jim notices her. And, and I just begin to release the power of God over her. No one knows I'm praying. I have my eyes open. She has her eyes open. And then I say, test it out. 
and she tested out, and she's healed right there. And I say, bye, enjoy your new back. And so we want to raise you up to impact your world. Amen? We want to raise you up to be more like Jesus. The value is we're growing to be more like Jesus. We want to raise you up to have a family like no other where you can be, you can show your good, bad, and ugly too, and it's all good. And we want to raise you up to, to know how to love the person in front of you, not to judge them, but just to love them just the way they're at and, and see God move. And we want to help raise you up to fully respond to when the Holy Spirit prompts you. Amen? And so right now, I'm just going to have Jim come up, and he's just going to pray. I told him about that. Come on up, darling. Because we're in this together. And, and if you're in here, and what? And if you're um, in here today, and God was really stirring something in your heart. Like maybe you're saying, okay, I really feel like I don't want to be in the Dead Sea anymore. I really feel like I, I want to see these things happen in my life. I want more. I want to be a part of what God's doing. Um, we, want, we just want to invite you to just respond. Amen? And so how we're going to do it is I'm just going to have you stand up where you are. So if you're feeling like, man, I'm part of this place. I know God has called me here. And I'm ready to get involved. And I'm ready to get involved. Uh, Put me in the game. I'm going to have Jim um, just begin to pray a blessing over you um, and just pray from his heart this morning. Amen. Amen. There's exciting days ahead. God is on the move, and he wants to use ordinary, everyday people like you and me. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. You're not a mistake. You're not here by accident. Uh, He is doing great things in our midst. And so we see the whole central New York region being impacted by people that are passionately in love with Jesus. You know? And I'm not talking about, we just go about our lives and do what he asks us to do. That's it. Um, as you look at me and if you know me, you know, I'm not some super spiritual guy that every, you know, I, we just live life. We love Jesus. We live life and we watch God do things. And, and that's how I believe Jesus did his thing. And the Lord reminded me about Psalm 133. He says there, the Bible says how good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters dwell together in unity. It's like the anointing oil. It gives this picture. I think David wrote Psalm 133. It gives this picture of anointing oil that's poured on the high priest's head, and it flows down Aaron's head, and it flows down off of his beard, um, and it, it, it impacts everything about him. And there's, there's this downward flow of anointing, right? God's got an anointing for us as a church. And as we are unified, there's, there's something good about being unified and saying, I'm going after this together. We're going after this together. I'm, I'm in on this. The anointing flows down, and we become greater than we were individually. Like there's, the Bible says two are better than one, right? Uh, so that psalm goes on to say, that um, that anointing is so amazing 
that it says that's where God commands the blessing. As, as there's unity, it's the unity. In the, he gives the symbolic picture of anointing flowing down off of the beard of Aaron, starting in his head, and so his entire body's anointed, right? Well, that's what God does in churches, I believe. That's what God does in his body, even in regions, as, as he, just, he just pours out his anointing to accomplish great things. That's, that's where God commands the blessing. And so I just want to be, there's an old saying, uh, under the spout where the glory flows out, right? I just want to be where God is. I want to be in the place where God is moving, and I, I want to be a part of that. And so I appreciate you standing, and I'm just going to pray that prayer that God would do that in our lives. And for each and every one of us here, it, it'll look different. You understand? Like we all have something different to offer. But we're going after what God's doing, right? We want to be where God is and doing what God does. We want to hear his voice. We want to respond. We want to see him touch people and people, people be loved by the love of God through us. Amen? So today, Lord, we come. God, we just thank you, Lord, that you're so good. We thank you that you're moving, God. We thank you that you are... Uh, pouring out a greater anointing on our lives, Lord. In fact, we just receive it by faith. We receive, Lord. I know that you didn't give me that, that picture in Psalm 133 by accident. It wasn't just a random thought, but it's something that you're doing in our midst, Lord. You're commanding a blessing because it's good and pleasant where brothers and sisters dwell together in unity. It's a good place to be. Unity is a good place. It's a safe place. It's a healthy place. It's, it's a place where we want the best for each other. We're not in it for ourselves. We're not self-promoting. We're in it for God's causes, God's purposes, God's ways, God's mission. And so, Lord, Lord, do what you say you'll do in that psalm, Lord. Command a blessing over our lives, God. Lord, that we would walk in in something greater than we are individually. Lord, collectively, there would be greatness. The greatness of God would be demonstrated and shown. The love of God, Father, would just infiltrate every every broken life, every broken area, every, every place, Lord, where the enemy has had his way in this area, Lord God. Every, every life that's been devastated by sin and by uh, pain and by... Just, just the things that hurt people, Lord God. I, I pray that your love through every person in this room would infiltrate the needs in this region so powerfully. I pray that testimonies, Lord, we just be overwhelmed with testimonies, God, of the goodness of God day by day, Lord. That, Father, we would, we would see your hand moving, God, wherever we, are, in, wherever we are, in the grocery stores, God, as we pick up our kids and drop off our kids and we do things out in the community that the love of God would be real and tangible and lives would be touched, God. And we are forever grateful to you. We say, have your way. Let your kingdom come, Lord, here in this region. Lord, let your kingdom come and flow through every life in this room, Lord. Lord, there's a broken and hurting world out there, God. And we know we're here to help Share your love, Lord. So we thank you for the privilege. We thank you that you would consider us worthy, God, to share your love in that way, God, to be examples of who you are 
to people that don't know you, God. What a true honor. We love you today in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. We love you. We hope you have a great Sunday. Amen. And if you need prayer, 